Good morning, everyone. It's good to be together after a wonderful Sunday, last Sunday, celebrating the resurrection together. And it appears that that celebration is continuing on into today as, as it should. And hopefully it can continue on into each day of our lives. Today, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. While you get to that passage, some of you remember several weeks ago, uh, I mentioned about your phone ringing or, or dinging, you know, in the middle of the night. Well, I heard a funny story related to that this week. One time this pastor told his congregation that they should feel free to call him at any time that they had a problem or had something that they needed. And uh, so that night, the pastor's phone rang at 3 a.m. in the morning. And on the other end was this older lady from his church. And uh, she said, Pastor, I can't sleep. He said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. What can I do for you to help you with that? She said, well, Pastor, could you just preach to me for a while? Now, I'm not sure why pastors get a bad rap with that, because I've seen many a people fall asleep in front of the television, <laughs> and I'm one of, I'm one of them, so, um, so it's not only in church that that happens, you know. <laughs> well, this passage that we're looking at this morning is a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his friend Timothy as a way of encouraging him in his Christian life and his Christian service. And, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever preached on this text before uh, for some reason. You know, all these years I've missed out on such a, a catchy sermon title <laughs> like this, Itchy Ears and a Good Dock. <laughs> um, some believe that this might be the last letter that Paul wrote uh, Perhaps maybe just days before he was killed for his faith by the Roman Emperor Nero in 64 AD. And so I think we need to remember that in order to put maybe into context a little better um, what he is saying and maybe even be inspired ourselves today by uh, these words that Paul shares with his co-worker Timothy. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll be reading the first eight verses. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. 
I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Well, how many of you, um, how many of you like a good hike in the mountains or the woods? Fair amount of you. Some of you are shaking your head no. (laughs) I think I mentioned before one time in a message that uh, my wife Rhonda prefers the beach over the mountains. And so I can do the beach too, as long as it's with her. Um, But if I had a choice... Uh, I am going to go to Yellowstone National Park uh, over Siesta Key Beach in Sarasota, Florida. But there's something that has always been in the back of my mind when I go hiking on a trail in the mountains. And that is, what wild animal might be around the next turn? And the bigger question is, what am I going to do if I'm face-to-face with a large hungry bear or a fast hungry mountain lion. The, uh, the third and fourth grade primary class that I've been teaching recently reminded me, we got on this subject one Sunday, I forget what we were talking about, but we got on this subject and they reminded me that uh, you are supposed to stand still, stand still and put your arms really big if you come face-to-face with the bear. And so... Uh, I said, yeah, I've heard that before, but I said, do you know how hard that would be to do? (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do, but your instinct is not to stand there and not do, you know, not run or anything. Well, these verses from Paul to Timothy are a reminder for all of us that every day that we walk out the door of our house, It's like we are heading out into the wild. The same can be said for our children as well. We never know what lies around the next corner. We don't know what new myth or lie we are going to be faced with in our culture. And it's getting harder and harder to even know who we can trust. You know? Can we trust Disney? Or Twitter? Or what you see on YouTube? The list could go on and on, of course. I mean, those are just a few I mentioned because they've been in the news recently. Well, Paul is saying that at the end of time... People will fall for false teaching. And they will trust their lives to to false hope. And they will have their ears tickled with just what they want to hear. When we we read that in verse 3, we maybe wonder, you know, what what exactly is, is he talking about? Well, what he means there is that the world is going to tickle our ears with the lie that sin is okay and we should just keep on doing what we're doing because 
who has the right to tell us what is right and what is wrong? Does that sound familiar? In the Message Bible, it paraphrases that verse to say this. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk and catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. It's wild out there, folks. Beware. We need to make sure that we are grounded in the truth of God and covered with sound doctrine as Paul refers to it here. As the message title suggests, we need good doctrine or, or biblical truth to cure us of those itchy ears of our world. And Paul, he begins by reminding all believers that we are constantly in the presence of God and Jesus Christ as we go out and face the things of this world. The Lord is watching, but the Lord also is there to help us and to stare down, uh, help us stare down the bears that might come along on our, on our journey. And I don't know, these days it feels like they're around almost every corner that we turn. And some even are even in the church, in the broader church. Even some church leaders are being led down those paths or having their ears itched. Or allowing myths and false teaching to lead them away from biblical truths that have been really core components of our faith since the very beginning of creation. Alyssa Childers titled her recent book, Another Gospel, question mark. Another Gospel, question mark. Because it often feels like they are preaching and teaching a gospel that has no relation to what the Bible says or what has been known since the beginning uh, of time as truth. Her book actually is available in our church library. But one of her chapters is titled, A Different Kind of Christianity. I, I love this book. Jenny Martyr's the one who kind of clued me in on it. And I would encourage anyone to read this because, I mean, if you're struggling with all you see going on in the culture and some of the things you're hearing even in the church circles, uh, she's been through this and she shares her experience. And uh, it's a very good book. But anyway, she writes this in that, that one chapter. She says, the progressive views on everything from sexuality to politics to Christian life and practice are not simply a shift in the Christian view of social issues. It's not simply permission to embrace messiness and authenticity in Christian life. It's an entirely different religion with another Jesus and another gospel. Sounds very familiar to what Paul is writing here, doesn't it? To suit their own desires, Paul says, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. It's wild out there, folks. Beware. 
But God is still at work in our world and in the wild. His truth has always stood the test of time, and it always will. As we heard last week, Jesus has overcome the wild, and he will will walk with us through it to accomplish his work in our lives if we will stay grounded in him and in his word and in the truth. And you know what? God's not going to just throw his hands up and give up on some people who may be going down those paths. And we shouldn't either. I read an article recently by Doreen Virtue in which uh, she titled the article, Please Don't Read My Books Anymore. And uh, it was more of a, a testimony, really, than it was an article. But she wrote about becoming one of the biggest New Age authors or writers in the world. She was selling all kinds of books, making all kinds of money. And then one day in her car, she was searching for radio stations, and she heard a sermon on the Christian Satellite Network, in which the preacher was speaking on this passage in 2 Timothy 4. And God used that moment, that sermon, to convict her of the false teachings that she had been involved with. She said she was ashamed, and she said her and her husband immediately found a a good, strong Christian church to get involved with. Um, She had New Age books that were published in 38 different languages. And she had to tell the world that she was wrong in what she was trying to sell them. She said, I still feel guilty knowing that people continue to use and sell my old products even though I have begged them to stop. And she also ended her testimony by saying this. She said, After seeking but never finding peace in new age, I have finally found it in Christ. God is still at work in the world and is still bringing change and transformation to people's lives. As Christians, it's hard and frustrating sometimes, you know, to see so much of our culture going south. But we must stay reminded that God is still at work and his ultimate truth will prevail in the end. There are really five things here that Paul encourages us to do. Take a quick look at these. Uh, As we live in this world with distorted truth, confused doctrine, and ungodly morals. The first is in verse 2, where he encourages Timothy and us that we are to preach the word. Now, you know, that means that we are to proclaim God's word in the midst of the wild and corrupted world that we live in. And preaching goes far beyond what we do here on Sunday mornings. It means that we are to share biblical truth whenever and wherever it needs to be shared. And so, you know, that's from the pulpit, but that's also from students in a classroom at school. 
or coworkers who are eating lunch together in a cafeteria at work. I mean, we all need to be a part of speaking up and speaking out when something needs to be said. It seems like the silent majority, we talk about that a lot, it seems like the silent majority these days is just remaining silent. While our culture continues to embrace so many things that just lead them off a steep cliff. The second thing that Paul encourages us here is to be ready at all times to speak up. He says, be ready in season and out of season. And, you know, we do need to speak up, but we need to do it with common sense and love. Because, you know, just because there is an urgency does not mean that we barrel ahead with insensitivity. Too many people do that and, you know, it ends up hurting the cause a lot of times instead of helping. So just like in all things, we need to use wisdom and we need to know when to speak and when to remain silent. Sometimes speaking up might mean uh, speaking with your actions instead of your words. Next, Paul says that we are to convince them. That often seems very hard, doesn't it? I mean, when someone is so entrenched in their opinion about something, it seems hard to convince them otherwise. But as I said earlier, and as, as we saw in the story of that, that New Age author, God's still at work in the world. And if we share the truth with conviction, God and the Holy Spirit can work in that person's heart. It may not happen overnight. You know, a seed planted in the spring brings forth a bountiful harvest in the fall. The sermon that that New Age author heard on the radio station, that might have been preached years before. But it still found fertile soil that day and brought forth change in her life. The next encouragement from Paul is a tough one. He says that we are to rebuke. This means that we are to point out when someone is living in sin or someone is embracing dangerous doctrines and beliefs that are not of God. Now, we have to be careful with this one. <laughs> um, we all know that, that people are not real excited to have someone else rebuke, correct, or accuse them of something. And we aren't either. So I think, you know, this should only be done after we have had much time in prayer and preparing our heart to make sure that we have the right attitude going in, that we have the right spirit about it, and also that we have the right words to say. It can be life-changing, really, for some people. And so it is important, but we have to, we must handle it with care. King David, of course, was very fortunate that his friend Nathan pointed out his sin. 
But if you remember that story from a couple months ago, Nathan was very careful in how he approached David and how he shared that, that rebuke with him. The fifth and final encouragement that Paul gives then is to be an encourager. We have to remember that bringing rebuke and trying to convince someone of truth must not be done without some form of encouragement being a part of the mix. You know, when, when we share the truth of God with someone, we must also think about how we can encourage them with what we have to say. It's not about pointing the finger at someone. It's about pointing them towards God and allowing the Holy Spirit to convince them of what is a true, right, and, and trustworthy. Of course, uh, after sharing all those things, Paul reminds us that some are still going to insist on whatever suits their own desires. You know, whatever itches their itch, whatever someone says that they want to hear, we just need to make sure that we are saying what needs to be said and sharing it with the love of Jesus. It's hard these days when all of the TV shows, the movies, and companies seem to be pushing their agendas, which many of them don't line up with the good sound doctrine of the Bible. And in some cases, they don't even line up with what seems to be common sense or obvious realities that have been there since the beginning of time. That's how wild it is out there these days. And that's really what Paul's getting at here. He's telling Timothy and, and now us through the word of God that, that we are to stand firm, love well, and head out into the wild world with the truth of God. <clears throat> even if that means that some hardships might come, difficulties might come, even persecution might come along the way. Keep speaking up for the truth, but do it with the love of Jesus for others. Finish the race strong, it says in verse 7. And that is the main encouragement here. Don't throw your hands up and just assume that this world is just gone to the devil. God is still at work and God is still changing lives. And he needs us, his followers, to be about the ministry of his gospel. We cannot and we, we should not remain silent. We need to continue to run the race in a way that allows us to finish strong as well. This past week, they had the Boston Marathon. Some of the people went there to win that race. But there were thousands there. And you know, most of them who went just wanted to be able to say they finished the marathon. And that's the reference Paul is using here. Finish the race strong. You know, you may not win over everyone you talk to or pray for, but we always, 
have to hold out hope that God will bring about a change of heart or a change of mind, which then leads to a changed life in him. But above all else, keep the faith yourself. Don't let this world tickle your itchy ears with things that are self-serving or go against the word of God. We should test all of this stuff in the world with what God's word says. And you know, if there's not a clear answer in scripture, then we need to pray about it and we need to ask the Lord to show us his will. But even something that is not spoken to directly in scripture can still be made known to us through the overarching themes and the moral compass of, of scripture. In other words, if we know our Bible, we know what God thinks and says about things, we should be able to answer uh, some of those things that may not be directly answered in scripture. So in closing, let's go out of here today and let's take these encouragements of Paul with us. Let's share the truth. Let's convince people of the truth. Truth. Let's lead people back to the truth. And let's encourage them to see God's perfect plan for their life. And as I said, most importantly, let's make sure that, that God's truth is living and active in our own lives, first and foremost. Our world is a wild and crazy place. And some of the things you see just sometimes make you want to just shake your head. I know they do my, I do, I know I do that quite often. And sometimes you never know what's coming around the next corner. But God's truth will never change. And so we can stand on that solid ground and we can defend it on that solid ground because God will not let us down and neither will his truth. May we keep the faith and may we finish this race strong. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we, we thank you for being with us in the difficult times in this life and in our journey. And we know this world often throws some things at us that are confusing and uh, just we know are not right. Lord, we, we pray that we would be used as your disciples, as followers of Jesus, to share the truth with them. And to do it in the loving ways of Christ. Lord, help us to be gentle with people, but help us to speak the truth and, and to handle the truth with much care. And I pray that you would help us to speak up when we need to speak up. Help us not to be silent, but Lord, help us to speak up uh, with words that have wisdom to them. Not words that come from our own self-opinions, but words that come from your, from your word. And from you and your Holy Spirit. May we daily ask for that wisdom and guidance in our lives. Lord, we come out of Easter, Good Friday. And we recently have remembered all that you've done for us. Uh, but Lord, as we enter into this time of communion, we remember once again all that you have done for us. For shedding your blood on the cross of Calvary for our sins. 
rising from the grave to defeat death once and for all. Lord, as we share this time of the Lord's Supper together, we remember what you've told your disciples on that night of the Last Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, we, we do this in remembrance of you. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have remembering your sacrifice for us. May we think of this each and every day in our lives. And may it be a, a testimony of grace and hope in our lives. We thank you for this time this morning. We pray that we would go out of here this morning and remember what Paul encourages us to do from this passage today. Lord, help us to speak up and share your truth with the world and allow your Holy Spirit to move in hearts and change people's lives. We pray that you give us courage to do that. We pray that you would help us uh, to know what to say and how to say it. And most of all, Lord, we pray that our own lives would reflect um, what your word says and what you, how you have taught us to live. Pray your blessing on each one as they go forth from here this morning and each one watching online. May God bless each one. And all God's people said, amen. God bless. Have a great week, everyone.